Aloha and welcome to the audio version of the Hawaii Ultra podcast. This is uh, show number 10. And today we interview Dr. Laura Ankrum, who is a general practicing uh, physician at the West Hawaii Community Health Center uh, and a friend of mine. And I learned a lot about her in the interview that I didn't know, certainly, uh, especially about the Olympic, uh, her having uh, qualified for the Olympic trials back in 2000. So, again, if you uh, can support us at either on iTunes or Stitcher, please do uh, post a review, especially on iTunes. That helps us a whole bunch. If you need to contact me, you can contact me at joe at joefireball.com. And you can also find the uh, uh, video version up on YouTube if you search for Big Island Hawaii Ultra. So please enjoy. Aloha and almost happy Mother's Day to uh, Dr. Uh, Laura Ankrum. Good morning. Good morning. Aloha. How are you today? How's the weather? Uh, you guys live in Hololoa, yeah? Yes, we do. And it's, it's just beautiful here. It's about 70 degrees. The sun is out. Beautiful Hawaii day. Oh, rub it into those people on the mainland, uh, like on the East Coast, who are going through some kind of storms right now. Yes, they're going to have a cold Mother's Day. <laughs> well, well, okay, that, that kind of brings, uh, will probably lead us in. Um, you are a uh, general practitioner at uh, West Hawaii Community Health Center, right? Yes. Okay, which I uh, say hi to Natasha for me and you know yep. everybody else there. Yes. <laughs> but where did you, where where were you, where'd you grow up? Did you grow up in on the East Coast, West Coast? So I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in a little town in Michigan that's called Otisville. It's very small. It's less than a thousand people. Uh, we didn't have a stoplight until after I was out of college. So very small town. <laughs> was it on the upper P? No, no, it wasn't. I'm, I'm considered a troll because I live under the bridge. <laughs> so, and we're, I'm kind of a mid-Michigan girl um, because uh, I'm not in the thumb and I wasn't near Detroit, kind of in the middle part there. Yeah, so you're not Canadian either, yeah? I'm not Canadian either. <laughs> no, as, you get, as you get closer going north, you get Canadian and <laughs> that accent. <laughs> well, I, I, used to, I lived in uh, Grand, Grand Marais and Hovland uh, across the pond right. there. And we actually used to listen to the radio stations uh, on the Upper P because that was the only thing that we had. Yes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so where, where'd, you go? Did you, when, uh, where'd you go to high school? So I, um, so I was in Otisville my whole um, growing up and through high school. And then for our high school, it was a consolidated high school. So all the little elementaries would join together and have a high school. And they called it um, Otisville Lakeville High School was my high school. And uh, I did a lot of sports uh, through school. Um, started track when I was in seventh grade. But one of the sports that I, that I really liked growing up, which is funny with my size, um, was basketball. I loved basketball. <laughs> and, and you have to, I mean, it's no secret to me or anything. You are what, five, four? Yeah, like five foot, a little bit over five foot and like a hundred pounds. I'm super small, <laughs> but I loved basketball growing up. And I played through high school. Um, and once I got into high school, my track coach was like, 
you know, you should run cross country because in Michigan, basketball and cross country were the same season. Um, so, but all my friends played basketball and I love basketball. Um, and I said, well, the only way I'm going to run is if you, you know, my friends are going to run also. Yeah. <laughs> so much to the basketball coaches, um, disappointment, uh, we ended up kind of changing over and becoming cross country runners <laughs> and track runners later. Uh, later. <clears throat> and it, um, it, you know, it was wonderful. Um, you know, he had, he had told me at the time, he said, you know, he knew I wanted to go to college and, um, he was like, you know, you maybe could walk onto a college basketball team somewhere <laughs> like a, you know, division three, very small <laughs> college, but you know, you and your teammates have the, the potential to run. Um, he saw some potential in us. And so he, um, he convinced us to switch over, uh, to running. <laughs> Oh, that's that's great. I, I would yeah. guess that maybe you were a guard. Not, not I was. Not, yes, I was a point guard for sure. hundred <laughs> percent. So then in track, what did you, uh, if you cross country? That's usually 5K, maybe 1500. Yeah. Yes, we um, we had 5Ks when I was in high school. Uh, so it was a 5K course. And then in track, um, my track coach was really strategic. So he would... Um, we would get placed in all sorts of different events. Points, points for the <laughs> for team. Points. Yeah. points were huge. So um, I did hurdles sometimes. I do different relays, <laughs> did the long jump. Um, kind of wherever we were needed, he would rotate us around. Oh, great. Uh, did you yeah. end up getting a scholarship then because of the track? <laughs> so I did. I, I was very lucky and, and fortunate um, that uh, I ended up going to uh, Michigan State. Oh, wow. Big school. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I always had wanted to, my, my initial dream was to play um, big 10 uh, basketball, <laughs> which of course was, you know, with my size, it's really not, uh, wasn't very realistic, but um, then I was fortunate enough when I switched over to running that um, I was able to run there. Oh, okay. Oh, so you ran at Michigan. Yeah. Michigan yes, State. Michigan State. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah sorry. Yes, yes, that's a big one. Yeah, for people from Michigan. There's a big difference. <laughs> I want to commit that crime. Yes. Oh, that's great. Uh, uh, were you studying, uh, was it medicine when you first went into uh, college? or? Yeah, I always liked science. Um, so I went into a, a science major. Um, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do when I started college, but I knew I liked science. And um, I was pretty much a, a pre-med track, but then um, uh, I ended up finishing, I was a biology major um, and then I finished and I ended up taking a year off actually and doing some teaching. And then I applied for medical school after that and went to medical school. Oh, uh, Michigan State again for medical school or? No, I went to uh, Iowa. I ended up in uh, Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> No, no, it's not Des Moines. It's Desmonez. Yes, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Little Midwestern inside joke. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because I was I was in Minnesota. I was going to college and stuff in Minnesota. So yeah, that's right. Yep. Iowa is great. So you're going to medical school. You're going to become a physician. Yeah. When did you meet this? dude that you're married to now. <laughs> yes, uh, Mr. Adam. So 
um, the classic class that everyone takes your first year in medical school is anatomy, anatomy lab. And so you are assigned to groups of four people. <laughs> and luckily, um, our names, it's alphabetical. And so I was a B, I was Bell, and he was Ancrum. And we didn't end up in the same group, but we were right next to each other. <laughs> and, so, and so that's how, how we started to know each other was in our lab because we spent, you literally spent hours in there as a first year. Um, and so we spent a lot of time in that lab studying and learning and after class hours and everything. And so you get to know your, your partners pretty well. Um, and then one of my friends, one of my early friends, girlfriends, um, was in his group. And so she was always um, talking to both of us and, and thought we would, she kind of was the matchmaker. <laughs> uh, okay, so, so you're one of the few couples that was not set up by our good friend, Bree Brown. <laughs> no, I was not. <laughs> yes, so she would be the, the Bree Brown of medicine. <laughs> and you, you found true love over dissecting frogs. Yes, uh, yes, we'll say that. <laughs> So, and, and Adam was uh, uh, in biology and he was going to medical school and did you guys get married before you guys got out of school after so we um, we were together all through school um, got engaged and then we got married um, right at the time that we graduated in 2000 oh, okay was he was he was he a, a runner dude at the time so he was always a short uh, distance runner. He did track and, and ran short distances. So when I first met him and I was talking even about doing a 10 mile run, he, it was just something he never <laughs> thought of or, or it kind of was like, what do you do? Uh, so, Nobody can run 10 miles. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah. But, um, you know, over time he's become, you know, definitely become more of an endurance person. Um, so I, I lengthened his, his runs and his races for sure. Were you, were you guys doing uh, any triathlons then or thinking about it or just, you know, it, you, usually people end up riding a bike and running and then think about triathlons later. Yeah. So we, um, he didn't start getting into triathlon until kind of the last part of residency. Um, we went, we, our residency was at a hospital that had a whole athletic club associated with it. So we were able to use the pool um, and he started swimming and, um, and then we started uh, biking uh, during that time when we were residents. And then when we moved, um, we did our residency in Michigan and then we moved to Wisconsin to work. And then when we moved to Wisconsin was when um, Adam started doing triathlons. Uh, oh, okay. Where was he from? Yeah. Was he from? Uh, He's from Minnesota. Oh yeah, sure. You betcha. Yes, <laughs> that is him. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Oh, that's yeah. funny. You know, yeah. I'll have to talk. I'll have to do an, uh, an online interview with him, too. I know, Ron, oh, I want to mention for sure, uh, Ronnie Henderson, who writes for West of White Today, did a great article with Adam last week yes. uh, where she questioned him, uh, medical stuff, which was great. And I've, a lot of people have mentioned it to me saying it was great because it was just facts it was medical information that people were asking about and then this last yesterday she did a very questionable article <laughs> about me but i want to yes. 
you know, mahalo to uh, to Ronnie for doing uh, both articles for sure. Yeah, yes, yes, for sure. Yeah, she's an excellent writer. Keeps our news out there for us. And we're gonna get you, Ronnie. We're get we're gonna interview <laughs> you. You're on the list. I'm gonna figure out how I can sneak up on you, maybe. <laughs> so you guys are uh, then uh, in Minnesota, and um, you know doing in Wisconsin. Know, yeah. Oh, Wisconsin. Sorry. Which yeah. hospital in Wisconsin? Um, Bay Area Medical Center. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. I grew up in Chicago, so I kind of yes. know. Yeah, so we were on the east side of uh, Wisconsin. Now, now let's see. When you were in Wisconsin, the drinking age was 18? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we had more bars than anything else in the town we lived in. <laughs> <laughs> oh well that that's you know it's it's great now that uh you know you're you're a long distance runner and adam does long distance stuff but the appreciation of beer was yes. different back in those days but we still appreciate it now yes yes <laughs> what's the first um what's the first race that you can remember let's say 10k or above that i did yeah so I started, um, I started running in seventh grade. So I was around 12 years old. And um, the, the area I grew up in actually has a lot of road races that aren't very far away. Um, and so my coach had me run like a 5K on the road when I was probably around 12 years old. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Yep. Like, like I, well, we talk about uh, Tiffany sometime uh, later and stuff too, but your yeah. kids, oh, yes. we'll, get, we'll get into your talented team there. Yeah. What's the, what's the first marathon that you can remember doing? So I did a marathon when I was in medical school. Um, I had uh, decided um, after college um, that I needed a challenge. Um, and at the time I graduated from college, they didn't have the, the running groups that they do now. Um, I probably would have gone into a running group if I'd had that opportunity, um, but they, they didn't exist in the, in the 90s. So um, I decided I was gonna do a marathon. And um, my first marathon was Grandma's Marathon in Duluth. Oh, wow, that's very well known, yeah. Yeah, and it worked out great because um, my in-laws lived in the Twin Cities. That's where Adam grew up uh, in the Twin Cities. And so um, they were, of course, really excited to, to show me Minnesota. And everybody trekked up to Duluth uh, to, to watch me run. And um, it, was, it was really great. It was a, it was a very supported, uh, very fun marathon to start out with. Yeah, that's a, did they have cheese curds at the finish line? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, we have the cheese curds. <laughs> yep, for sure. <laughs> and was that, uh, so did you guys run it together? Adam ran it and you ran it or? So this was before Adam was doing, uh, I think the farthest probably at that point he had done as far as a race was a 10K. Um, he had done a, a 10K with some friends. Uh, a few years ago but other than that he he really wasn't running very far um so, <laughs> so it was no competition no no so there, there wasn't any family rivalry <laughs> uh, but he probably he was he's very strategic and so i think he, i saw him more times on that course probably than any other competitor <laughs> as far as my crew you know calling him my crew <laughs> and he knew he actually went to school in duluth for two years. So he knew Duluth and he knows that area um, really well. 
So he knew all the little roads that he could come in. It's a point to point course. Um, so he was driving along and, and cheered me on through the whole thing. Yeah, uh, no, well, I, I used to live up in uh, Hovland, uh, okay. you know, up towards Gra past Grand Marais and stuff. So Highway 61, yeah. Yep, yep, yeah. <laughs> very, very nice up there. I still miss that. Did you guys go up to the Boundary Waters Canoe area when you're up there at all? You know, Adam and I have never done that um, together. I know it, it's <laughs> it's on our on our list someday. He certainly has, um, but I have not. Yeah, that's a very very special place. Yes. So you guys are doing your medical thing somehow with being doctors and stuff, still finding time to do runs. Yes. I think. <laughs> Uh, from the Midwest, did you did you go out to the West Coast? Did you or did you go straight from the West Coast to Hawaii? I don't know how you guys yeah. came here. So we were in Wisconsin almost ten years. We practiced there, um, and we what we would do in the winter because, as you know, being from the Midwest, the winters are very long. <laughs> uh, we would always go somewhere for education. We had continuing medical education, and we would always go somewhere warm. And my requirement was that I could wear running shorts. I would tell Adam, I don't care where we go, but I want to be able to wear running shorts and run. <laughs> so um, uh, one year we went to Florida uh, thinking it would be warm enough. And it was the year that the Walt Disney uh, Marathon, it was freezing, the Gatorade froze, um, there was ice on the road. Um, yeah. kids had to wear all their winter stuff. They're literally wearing face masks, you know, along the course when they were watching us. And we're like, we, we can't do that. You know, we need to go somewhere that's warm. Um, so then the next year we went to Hawaii for a medical conference. Um, and then we were like, this is the place. <laughs> this, this, this is nice. I can always wear running shorts here. <laughs> now, what are, what are pants? Yes, exactly. Um, and we were just at the point in our careers where um, our hospital was about to get taken over by a very large hospital. Mm -hmm. And um, there were some things that, that we were just ready to change. So, and there was a job here for Adam and we said, we're going to go for it. <laughs> so now you, you briefly mentioned the kids. Yes. Okay. You, you better that you name them off and their <laughs> ages and stuff because I yes. always lose track. Yes. So so somehow we started naming all our kids A's. Adam, we have Adam, who's the dad, and then our oldest is Alec, and he's seventeen. Aiden is middle, and he's fifteen, and then Archer is our youngest, and he's twelve. Oh man. So yeah. uh, uh, are they all home now, or they are. Oh, okay. Well, actually, they're not home right now. They're, they're, two of them are running with Adam, but <laughs> one of them's home. <laughs> and and I've, been, I've been privileged enough to watch him grow up. I'm going 17 now? Holy I know. It's impossible. <laughs> well, it is, it is impossible. These are, these are some fake children that have come into our lives, I think. <laughs> When you moved to Hawaii, you had all of them? I mean, you already had them and, and stuff? Yes. And they, it was a good timing for them because they were still in elementary school. Um, so, and that was another reason for the timing of our move. We decided if we were going to move, um, we needed to do it when they were still in elementary school. 
Um, so they were um, those, I think they were like fifth and third and first grade when we moved here. And they're quite the athletes, trust me, as I've, <laughs> yeah, they as, as you watch them get faster and faster and faster and, you know, yeah. you, you can, you can keep up with, well, you can, you're ahead of them to begin with and then they catch up to you and which, can any of them beat you yet? Oh yeah, they, um, so Alec, Alec definitely, uh, when he was about 12 or 13, just kind of took off and, and was gone from me. <laughs> <laughs> and then our, our middle son has been a swimmer. He identifies as a swimmer and he's, he's very good in the water. Um, and he's just since he's been in high school started running. Um, but he's, he's ahead of me now. Definitely short stuff. He's ahead of me. <laughs> so I, I'm, I do, I'm still hanging on to Archer, but it's, it's not long. <laughs> do you notice that they tend to be very focused for kids? Uh, when they're when they're doing events and stuff, they seem to be like I don't want to say they're they're serious, but they seem to have uh, maybe the uh, a a good approach to being logical about how they're going to do run and planning. Yeah, I think they've um, it, it probably a little bit is how they've grown up. They've grown up around races. We've taken them to races and you know had this wonderful um ohana of athletes that we've known you know for years and so i think they've kind of learned by example um those kind of traits and early on i used to they used to do a lot of different sports adam would be like what are you signing them up for now <laughs> but i used to <laughs> they were in martial arts and t-ball and baseball and soccer and i just introduced them to a lot of sports um, because I didn't want them to feel like they had to go into endurance sports or running or, you know, individual sports or I wanted to, um, let them have, you know, let them choose what they wanted to do. And we're just really fortunate that they kind of tended to go towards where they are now, um, which is running and, and swimming and triathlon. Yeah. I mean, they're, uh, uh, you guys are just amazing, you know, as much as you participate and volunteer at races and have obviously some full, uh, full-time careers, both of you. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's crazy what you guys are able to accomplish. You yeah. Know? Oh, thank you. It's just been, it's been wonderful. Just to, the athletic community and the endurance community, community especially is just so amazing. Uh, so I know for a fact that you have indeed done Kauai Marathon because I still remember <laughs> you coming down the hill when I'm still heading up the hill to head towards that wonderful section between mile 18 and 21. Yes. <laughs> have you done all the marathons on the islands? You know, I haven't. I haven't done very many marathons here. I've done uh, 21 marathons in total. Um, but just the, the timing of when we moved here, um, I wasn't doing many marathons. Um, I was coming off of a really big, busy, busy practice and, um, hadn't been doing a lot of marathons. So it's only been in like recent years that I've started, um, running a little bit more to be in shape for a marathon. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, Kauai marathon is no, nothing to sniff at. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, yeah. It's one of the most scenic races and stuff. What do you, what do you think? Yeah. So I, I didn't preview the course before. <laughs> so I had, I had no idea how hard that second part was. <laughs> and I was having a really, I, I really enjoyed it. It's just gorgeous. But I, the first half of the marathon, you run with the half marathoners 
And so I'm talking away and I had a few women that I was running with and it was great and I felt good and the weather was perfect. And then we get to that point where they turn off and you turn <laughs> to the right and I was all alone. <laughs> <laughs> and you start to climb <laughs> and then I'm like oh <laughs> I maybe should have thought about how this course is <laughs> I mean I always I always mention that uh you know when you get up to that one point up to the little town there and, and uh it's actually a golf course but I always look at it like this is a cemetery <laughs> <laughs> yes that would be a good way uh, thank goodness they do have they do have beer at you know when you go around the backside on the gravel road there the one aid station you can get beer from them yes <laughs> yeah. I, I love the aid stations there um just the people i remember there were some kids out and they had little orange slices and in the music and it, it's just gorgeous it's oh yeah that that one section when you're coming back out of town downhill that that family that Yes. The kids just do a little aid station. Yes, I love that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, they have halals uh, dancing. They have uh, taiko drummers drumming yes. along the course and stuff. And the volunteers are just uh, highly recommended, you know, if you yeah. get an opportunity uh, to do Kauai Marathon. You've done Honolulu, right? No, I haven't done Honolulu. We're, we're signed up this year. Adam and I both signed up, but I don't, you know, know, know what's going to happen with that. But um yeah it's a, I'll, I'll give you a, a preview of the course um easy to start out with as you go through chinatown in fact there's murphy's bar on the corner actually they they have they're open not for drinks but there's a restroom in there that you can use and then uh, when you come around the back and you head out towards triangle park and well you have to run over diamond head okay which, is usually kind of a mess, but there is uh, enough track, uh, dirt track on the left side as you're going up that you can pass people because there's a lot of people usually. Yeah. And my, my goal has always been to get to uh, the top of Diamond Head at least somewhat around the time when the Kenyan runners are coming down. Oh, yes. And, <laughs> and finishing. <laughs> They uh, they do a great job. I hope they can pull it off this year, but I, I have my doubts. I mean, yeah, yeah. We just don't know. Just don't know. Yeah. And so far, you know, me as a race director, I had to cancel Run for the Hops because Lava Man, the whole Lava Man event. Were you guys were signed up for Lava Man? I would guess. You know, we actually weren't. It was the first year that we weren't. Um, I was going to do the Hapalua, uh, and it was the same weekend this this year. Yeah. Yeah. And so we had to cancel that. And I think Jerry did the right thing to just go yes. ahead and cancel it instead of trying to delay it. Yeah. And then, uh, um, you know, that was, well, Run for the Hops was before that. I canceled that. We canceled right. that. And then the Sunset 5K Run, we canceled. And um, let's see, what was coming up next? Well, uh, Honu has been canceled. Were you guys signed up to do Honu Triathlon? We weren't signed up for that one. Oh, okay. Yeah, because that's can't that's delayed, delayed until August fifteenth. But in my opinion, I don't think that's that'll happen. Um, and then Brent Inman just canceled uh, Kona Marathon, the Kona Marathon at Waikoloa, right? right. Yeah, and stuff. So that that one's canceled. Uh, Keely and Adam canceled the Ohia Half Marathon. Did you do that last year? The one up in a volcano. 
No, we were um, we were on the mainland. We were in Seattle when when that happened. So, what? Uh, speaking of mainland and stuff, what races that we might know of that you've done? What marathons have you done on the mainland besides grandmas that? Uh, you know, yes, I did. Um, I've done grandma several times. Um, Detroit Marathon in my in my home state. Um, I've done that a couple times. Um, I did the the Glass City Marathon is my only marathon win. It's in Toledo, Ohio. <laughs> so I've won. Uh, so I've done that one. Um, I've, I did the Old Vegas Marathon um, before it was like a rock and roll or however it's changed now. Um, so I, I did that one. I think I did that one twice. Um, there was a time when I was trying to get, um, I was trying to get a time, uh, a fast time. And so I, I would do some marathons that were faster, um, faster courses. Have you, have you uh, gotten a BQ time? Yes. Yeah. No, I've, I've done Boston twice. Oh, just a small marathon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've done it Boston twice. And then, um, I was fortunate enough when I started um, running marathons that I, um, I had a coach for a short time and my goal was to do um, Olympic trials uh, qualifying. So um, I worked with him and I was able to qualify, I qualified for the 2000 uh, Olympic marathon trials. Oh, wow. This, this, yeah. So you went and ran in the trials? I did, I did but Ironically, at the time, I was still um, a medical student, and I was working in an emergency room in Arizona, and I got some kind of virus, oh. <laughs> like, two days before the trials, um, and so I was, I was pretty sick, so unfortunately, it was a loop course, so I did, um, I did ten, a 10-mile 10 loop of the course. I wasn't able to do the whole thing, but, um, but it was a great experience being there. It was, it was awesome. And this was in 2000, yeah? 2000, yeah. And where were the trials at? Where, where were they? Columbia, Columbia, South Carolina. Oh. Hilly course or non-hilly course? I know this year's was a hilly course. This year's was a lot hillier. Um, it wasn't particularly hilly. It wasn't, you know, like this year's was a great spectator loop course. Um, the course did a, a 10 mile loop that came back into town um, and then it went kind of went out again. Um, but it wasn't particularly hilly. It was humid. Uh, it was really hot. It wasn't a fast course and it was, um, it kind of changed. Uh, I think it changed distance running because that year we only had, um, especially for women, we had one, uh, woman that made the qualifying standard because it was so hot and humid. Um, and, uh, then after that, I think is when those, uh, running groups started developing and like, uh, Hanson's in Michigan, the Hanson's running group, yeah. um, that started and, uh, some of the other, uh, groups that have come across our country for distance runners. Do you remember anybody else? I mean, any of the other competitors in that race? Um, yeah, I don't remember who like the it's been so long who the top runners were. The woman who won was, um, I think her name was Chris Clark or, um, she was a pathologist. Anyway, I remember her being a pathologist from Alaska and she had trained in her like basement at, at like hot levels <laughs> and on her treadmill. And so she was used to hot and humid, even though she was from Alaska and she just knew that pace and she just ran that pace and, and she <laughs> won and had the qualifying time. Well, I'm, I'm hoping to uh, 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 snag Lauren 
Um, yes. You know, because Daniels, because, you know, I know Matt and I know Lauren and stuff. And I want to I want to interview her about, you know, her race and stuff. Not yeah. interested. I'm not, <laughs> not interested in the guy with the mustache. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's amazing. I didn't realize that your Olympic trials and everything. It's like, yeah. holy smokes. And and yeah. what year is uh, Boston? Do you remember what years you did Boston? So um, we did Boston first in 2010, um, and that was our 10-year anniversary. And so Adam and I wore these shirts, because Boston's great. I always tell people, put your name on your shirt, because the crowd is awesome, and they will yell your name, and they will yell whatever you put on your shirt. And so we had these shirts that we wrote on that said, you know, uh, Laura loves Adam, celebrating our 10th anniversary, and it was so much fun. So we ran the first 20 miles together. Um, and then this was a time when I was, we'd kind of gone back and forth with how, what kind of shape we're in. And in 2010, I was in a little better shape. And Adam was just getting in his endurance shape because he's, you know, like more of a sprinter guy. And so he's, you know, just getting in his long distance shape. And we got to the, some of the hills and he's like, you got to go. I'm, I'm, I'm going to slow you down. And I'm like, are you sure? And, and then, you know, and we've always had this agreement. We're very um, friendly about it. You know, we, we don't, you know, if you have it, you go, you know, we don't, we let each other, we know that our family knows that, you know, you just, you just go for it. And so, um, so I took off and I could literally hear people yelling, Adam, she's in front of you. Go get her. <laughs> she's there. And so they were, they were tracking us for the last six miles and they'd be yelling at him. Your wife's 40 seconds up on you. You gotta go. <laughs> so it was awesome. It was the most fun, uh, marathon, I think <laughs> because with our shirts. So it was great. Oh, that's, that's a, that's a great story. Holy smokes. Yeah. I didn't realize that he had qualified and stuff too, but that's awesome yeah. that you guys could yes. do it together. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that's my advice to people in Boston. If you run Boston is put your name really big on your shirt or whatever you want people to yell, whatever your mantra is or whatever you want. Um, so um, we actually did it in 2013 also. Um, so we were there that year. Yeah, I've gotten in trouble because there's been times in races if I'm uh, spectating or even if I'm running and I see two people that I know, I'll usually I'll usually tell the girls to catch those ugly boys. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, ne I never tell the boys to catch the girls though. Yeah. <laughs> usually, usually proud to. Uh, I remember we were doing a race with McKeeley Jones one time and. I think it might have been the path run uh, the week before Ironman. And uh, I just kept rubbing it into the, the, the guys. I said, you got chicked. Yes. You got chicked. <laughs> Which is fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, in speaking of the, the lady who, uh, you know, ran <laughs> inside. Yes. In Alaska and stuff. Yes. Uh, maybe we can uh, talk a little bit about people nowadays or, you know, because of the COVID-19 yes. and the way the quarantine has worked out. A lot of people are inside. I see a lot of people on treadmills and stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, we're, we're blessed and lucky here in Hawaii yeah. to be within, yeah, I mean, I'm literally 10 minutes away from where I go out and run, but I, and maybe if we can talk specifically about uh, the lady athletes who are now, uh, 
I don't want to say confined, that's not the right word, but if you kind of forced to train inside, do you have nutrition advice for them, injury advice, anything that you can share, you know, about how you've been dealing with it? Yeah, I, I mean, we're really blessed here that that we do have more space um, to to get out, but it's it's even challenging where we live because of the way the roads are um, that you don't necessarily have a great um, like there's dead end roads and you don't have a, a great loop or you know a great uh, access um, that you can put together like a five or six mile run very easily. Um, so I think you have to get creative with with workouts um i think it's important probably the biggest thing is is your attitude um and it's hard right now because typically as athletes we have a training plan and we have something we're training for and it it gives us motivation um and not having those and not knowing what that's going to look like really for the next six months to a year makes it difficult so I think one of the things we can is to do the things that uh, we sometimes uh, don't do maybe as much, um, such as working on your core, um, you know, doing more stretching, um, things that you can do um, that don't involve, that you can do from your home. Um, and then just trying to really focus on however, whatever parts of exercise that you can do that that make you happy or kind of relieve your stress, I think are important. So maybe not, uh, you know, we all as athletes, oops, uh, let me click that. We all as athletes um, have, uh, like you said, goals, but sometimes we push ourselves, you know, right. and, you know, I think I, with my stuff that I'm doing now, I'm within a comfortable level and yeah. i don't know if you think this you know same thing you shouldn't really it's great to have challenges but maybe not physically right now to do ultimate challenges right and i think i think that's important i think you think of it as kind of like a almost like an off-season training uh that um or even you know like i know for myself i'm just doing a lot of a slower pace runs and maybe i'm I don't have an area that I can go really far right now in our, just in our neighborhood. Um, so I'm doing hills. Uh, I'm doing a few more hills, um, but I'm not doing anything really intensely. Um, just getting out and exercising and, and trying to be in the moment that you're running and enjoy looking at things around a little more instead of being intensely following a specific training plan right now. Yeah. Well, and uh, our our good friend Frank Shorter, who used to come to uh, the Kona Marathon all the time, I think he was the one who said uh, there's speed work built into hills, so you can get your speed work in by running hills. Yes. Yep. And where where we live is near um, Laco Street, which is you know <laughs> very steep. Uh, so you can go in the roads there and in, the, in the streets and and really get quite a bit of hill workout in a in a short amount of time. And even hiking the hills right now, um, some of our hills that are pretty steeper, the steep gradients, even hiking is good, you know, kind of off-season training. Would you have any kind of nutritional advice, you know, specifically for women? I know iron has always been, I've lived at altitude a lot, you know, and, and in Colorado, I remember I had plenty of uh, uh, women athletes that I know that were anemic. Yes. Yeah, and I think women athletes in particular need to be, really aware of the iron um 
supply that you're getting in your diet and most women athletes need an iron supplement so just making sure that you you get that checked and, and kind of know where you're at because especially for a lot of women i think the iron deficiency anemia kind of sneaks up on us because a lot of times we're doing many things you know we have kids we're you know doing school stuff for them we're working we're trying you know to do these workouts and you're a little more tired and you just write it off as i'm just tired or I just, you know, I'm not recovering right, or I'm out of shape, or I'm getting older. Um, and a lot of times the iron is, is what you need. So um. what do you what do you use as far as nutrition and stuff? Obviously, I have to point to Tailwind here <laughs> yeah, because tailwind. I'm yes. sponsored by Tailwind. Yeah. So when I started, you know, I started doing marathons in the 90s, and there, there wasn't, nutrition really wasn't a big deal. And it wasn't really something in, in like, I kind of think back to college and like, we didn't even talk about it really. So um, I've always just, I've been lucky. My parents um, had a huge garden growing up. And so we always ate fresh vegetables and then we, you know, freeze our vegetables. And then here it's really nice because, you know, I can grow pineapples in my yard and papaya and avocado and, you know, your access to local foods is, is so wonderful. Um, that I focus a lot on what eating what's locally. Um, and I'm lucky my digestive system can pretty much take anything so I can you know, eat some fruit and go running and it, it's really not an issue for me. Um, I haven't done a lot of endurance stuff, but I'm, I'm starting to do more marathons now or I'm planning to do more marathons. So I probably will look at getting a little more specific with um, nutrition when I'm, when I'm running. Have you done it uh, over a marathon? Have you done a 50K? I've done two 50Ks, both um, trail runs. Oh, where? Yep. Um, we did one in Wisconsin, uh, and then the other one was in Arizona, in the desert. Okay. Did you enjoy it? I mean, yeah. I think trails are the place to be, to be honest. I know. Really. Yeah, they were, they were both. Um, <laughs> the Wisconsin one, Adam and I signed up for that one together. And we ran quite a bit of that one together too. And we, we were very naive. Um, I think it was probably around 2010 or whatever. And we were getting to the starting line and there, and everybody's like, Oh, you know, is this your first ultra? And we're like, what's an ultra? Like we didn't even know. <laughs> we had just signed up and we were like, Oh, and they're like, Oh, anything above 26 miles is an ultra. I'm like, Oh, I guess then it is our first ultra. We don't know. <laughs> so we, <laughs> It just kind of showed up and uh, we ran together about 20 miles in that one too. That's kind of where Adam and I were pretty equivalent for 20 miles. And then he was like, oh man, he's like, I'm going to walk. <laughs> you can go ahead. <laughs> so uh, so I, I went ahead and finished. <laughs> he did finish, but he did hike last last six, seven miles. <laughs> oh, hiking. Hiking is the key part of uh, long distance races and stuff. That's right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Would you th would you did they have aid stations and stuff? Aren't the aid stations and ultras just great? I love the aid stations and ultras. Yeah, it's so great. You know, I like to I stop. You talk story. You got all these different foods to choose from, and you know, we had a lot of cheese. I think I think we had cheese at the aid station because every race in Wisconsin has cheese. <laughs> so <laughs> we had cheese and probably. Sometimes <laughs> you're lucky and you get fireball. Yeah, you get fireball. <laughs> 
yeah that's that's big there <laughs> i didn't realize that you guys had done those 50ks and stuff that's that's yeah. great yeah and so like for your nutrition uh even on marathons you're yeah i mean i i i'll do pb and j or whatever yeah. i like at honolulu and honolulu you can actually find some real food when you're coming back the last stretch on uh Keanianioli highway and stuff there's some people that come out with with stuff Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I'll, I, I've used some of the gels. I don't, I don't particularly like the gels, just the consistency of them. I don't know. I mean, I can, I mean, I'll, I'll eat anything. So, I mean, I'll, I'll take a gel sometimes. I, I've done the blocks more, the chews, like the honey sting chewers. I'll, I'll do chews a little bit more. Um, but if I have the option of doing like oranges or some other type of food or, you know, that's usually what I'll go for. Yeah, I was surprised when I interviewed Billy Barnett, our friend Billy Barnett. He, his rule of thumb, amazing guy, but uh, anything under four hours, he doesn't even drink water. I mean, oh, wow. uh, <laughs> over four hours, he'll actually take some water and stuff. It's like, wow. <laughs> dude. Yeah, no, I definitely take water. And, and I usually, like in the, the early marathons that I did, uh, well, I think, I mean, they, they still do this. The, the race will advertise whatever fluid they're going to use. And then I'll just train with whatever fluid it is they're going to use on the course. Um, so I've, I've had a variety of fluids that I've used. Yeah, that, that, I think that's the, the smart. And that's what I advise people to do. It's like find out what they're serving on the course and then try and use it. And you'll find out ahead of time if it yeah. suits you or if it doesn't suit you. Yeah. Is there anything else in... Uh, you know, if uh, people are being more, unfortunately, have to be more sedentary, you know, yeah. uh, under our uh, somewhat lockdown, even though it's kind of started to open up briefly, any, any, uh, you believe in vitamin supplements or just, well, obviously for yourself, you get it, you, you get most of your, you try to get most of your vitamins and, and stuff through real food, but yeah. Sometimes real food's not available for some people. Right, right. I, I do think, um, especially if you, you know, a lot of it, I think, is best to get through your diet. But, you know, the reality is that not everybody has access to fresh produce and food. Um, so I think a lot of my patients, I'll recommend, you know, like a multivitamin uh, for sure. And then in particular, uh, there is some evidence as far as helping your immunity. Um, I recommend vitamin C and zinc. I think those are really important. Um, and then it it's still, I don't quite understand it here because um, we have such a tropical sunny environment, but a lot of people are vitamin D deficient. And so um, I, I usually check a lot of vitamin D levels and make sure that people have vi adequate vitamin D. Really here, I would, yeah, yeah, that's something I wouldn't have suspected yeah. at all. Yeah, because when I was in Wisconsin, of course, there were a lot of people that had vitamin D deficiency. Um, and I don't know if here it's because there's people that are really, I mean, it's good. People are very diligent about sunscreen and, you know, sun protection. Um, but for whatever reason, I still see a lot of vitamin D deficiency here. Oh, that's, that's, yeah, that's, boy, that would be news to me too. It's like, wow, yeah. that's amazing. If when people start, I think it's great. Your advice is great about treating this as um, training but not, you know, with specific race in mind, maybe at this time. And as recovery, if somebody is injured now, is there anything, I've, I don't even know, have you ever been injured? You know, I'm really lucky. I've been a runner for 35 years and I've 
really never had a running injury. Um, I can be kind of klutzy, so I've had <laughs> falls <laughs> that have resulted in like more fall injuries. <laughs> and there you go. There you go. Um, so I mean, I can I can for sure say that I've never had a running injury. Um, probably my worst fall that I had was in Wisconsin on the ice. Um, I was running on, you know, that road that was really icy and I, um, actually dislocated my knee. Um, I popped my kneecap out of place, but, um, number one, I'm a very stubborn distance runner. And number two, I'm a physician and we're like the worst patients. And so of course I just like, I don't know, I was a couple miles from home and I just kind of like hobble and hop and however I get home. And then I like, you know, pop it back into place after I get home and I, you know, and then I just kind of go on after that. <laughs> so it's like the advice when you break a toe, okay, get some duct tape, tape it to the next toe and just keep yes, going. Yes. Yeah. So, so that's kind of how, I don't know. I just kind of go, I'm lucky. My, you know, my body was probably made for running because I'm, I'm small and it seems to tolerate, you know, my joints are all good and, seems to tolerate distance and so um I've never been injured like that but my my falls my family knows uh that I'm kind of fall prone <laughs> well, see that's I always considered I do the same thing I still have a little thingy from yes the last yeah. fall yeah. I know how to fall that's important yes. yes that is yes I have learned that now <laughs> what do you use for equipment uh, what are you running what kind of shoe do you run in so this probably isn't scientific, but I've always believed that um, rotating shoes is important. And so I, I usually have like two or three different types of shoes, different, um, you know, manufacturers of shoes, different running shoe companies at one time. And I, and I'm always rotating through different ones. Um, recently though, with the hills that I've been doing, I've been using, I've never really liked the hokas because of the way I run. I'm a, I'm a toe runner, like a true toe, toe runner. And um, I, it just feels like they throw off my gait, but uh, I will use them on the hill for like going down. They seem to really cushion my knees better. Um, so if I'm doing a run that's just basically up and down, which is some of the loops that I do here in my neighborhood, um, I'll use my hokas for that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you have any specific, uh, you know, uh, do you run in a vest ever, you know, running vest or anything? Um, I've got this old, I think it's called, I think it's a camel pack and it's, it's a small one and I've kind of converted it. Um, and I'll use that when I'm running. And what's your bike? What's your bike when you do uh, triathlons? I'm so bad at that. <laughs> I'm <not> bikes. <laughs> I am horrible at that. That is just one place my brain doesn't go. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I, and I really haven't done, I mean, I have an old Quintano Rue. I have an old tri bike of that. Um, I have an S works road bike that I really like, um, right now. That's, that's usually, I'm into comfort when I bike. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, haven't, I haven't been very serious about triathlon ever um and i have really only done very small kind of casual triathlons <laughs> well we we can uh, thank our our friends you know who do uh, uh tryptophan triathlons and stuff on yes. thanksgiving yes 
And yes. I'm, I'm going to see if I can interview. I want to interview Kim Kaiser too. Uh, yeah. Her sometime yeah. She's further. wonderful. Um, how committed she is at the community and those events that she puts on or her, her triathlon. And, and, and not to, uh, I think it'll be okay. I think it's HIPAA compliant, but you know, yeah. Kim has shared to me that, um, she has Hashimoto's disease. Okay. Okay. Yep. And, yeah. uh, you know, I don't know that much about it, although I know some people who are ketogenic, uh, okay. that's how they kind of self-treat it. Sure. So it's a thyroid disorder and it's basically that your, um, body starts attacking your thyroid. It, it senses your normal thyroid hormone as uh, a foreign invader. Um, and so it can either cause your thyroid to be underactive or overactive. So it can be difficult to manage sometimes because it'll swing. Uh, and again, it's a, it's a hormonal thing. And so our, our hormonal system is very sensitive to external things like stress and diet and exercise. Um, so a lot of people do find focusing on certain diets can, can help uh, regulate that. Yeah, I've, I've been kind of ketogenic for a while. I mean, bulletproof coffee and, and stuff like yes. that. And yeah. and from, you know, in my case, uh, I have, thanks to my mom, happy Mother's Day, mom. <laughs> I have psoriasis and stuff, which is oh, yeah. I, yeah, autoimmune disease yes. and asthma and all that good stuff, yes. which yes. kind of brings up since I am <clears throat> certainly over 60, yes. over 70, uh, I'm, technically at risk, you know, because of the uh, asthma and stuff. I went to the, they had a free clinic, uh, testing clinic up at Waimea Park, which uh, after I ran on Mono Road, I kind of went, I'll drive past there to see how many cars are lined up. You know, what it's like, uh, there are very few people, uh, cars lined up. I, I was behind one car, which in the intro, you know, I filmed and stuff when I'm sitting there. The tests were fine. The people were great. I got both tests. I got the uh, Q-tips up the nose, which yep. was not uncomfortable. It wasn't, I wouldn't want to walk around with them like that. Right. But, you know, it's, it's something that you just, you know, it takes 10 seconds is all it takes for yes. each nostril. And then I went ahead and they, we went around the corner and stuff. And I did the, uh, they pulled blood so you can still yep. see a little yep. bruise and stuff in there to do the, uh, the other test and everything. Um, I don't know. Would you recommend, even if, uh, if you're, let's say in my position, would you recommend to people that they go ahead and get the test or if you don't have any symptoms at all? I mean, I wake up with four of the symptoms every day, but. Yeah, it's a little bit of a difficult question, but I think in, and I think you have to look at it individually, but if you do have risk factors, like you say, you have age and then um, some underlying conditions, and you have some symptoms that you, you don't know, um, you would definitely be somebody I would recommend doing what you did is, is you know, seeing if it's accessible. And uh, you know, luckily we're very fortunate on the big island that we do have these testing, outdoor uh, testing centers that I think are very safe and well-staffed and in a good way to, to get a test done and see where you're at. Yeah, I, I was asked, part of my reason <laughs> to go to was I wanted to see if your husband was working there. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, and I and I do have my thermometer. Oh great. Those have been in short supply. <laughs> oh, this took um a month and a half. Yes, I can Because I, that. I I didn't have one really and I kinda went, Well, I should, should probably order one. 
Yeah. And it basically came with the, it's a battery that's run down, but it's still, it, it still works and yes. stuff because it took yes. a month and a half to get here. And I, I told that when they were taking my, you know, this uh, skin surface temperature yes. thing, I said, well, this will give me a chance to calibrate this to see how accurate or inaccurate the, this is. Right. Which skin surface is usually higher. Yeah, they've gotten better with those thermometers, so they're they're more accurate than they used to be. But it, there is a little—I would say it's probably slightly higher. And I'm I'm an individual. I don't know. I think it's probably because of the asthma and stuff. I usually have a lower temperature. I usually have right. ninety-five. Yes. Ninety-four. Yeah, there is. Um, you know, everyone kind of thinks of the ninety-eight as a normal temperature, but there there's a lot of variance in that, um, and you know, it is, you do see people that, that know that their temperature is lower and that's just what your body runs at. Oh, and the, the 98.6, I read up on it a little bit. Uh, that was like from a thousand years ago. It that, is. It's you know, data, uh, for sure. <laughs> it's not, it's not what we see clinically. I can tell you that. <laughs> oh yeah. What, what are you, I mean, I know you're working and stuff. What are you seeing in the, is there anything, I don't want to, you know, uh, do anything that's not HIPAA compliant. Uh, but uh, are there any uh, certain? Are you, are you see, what are you seeing more of or less of nowadays? Well, you know, the one thing about everybody staying home is we're not passing normal colds, and we're not passing um, here on the island of Hawaii. We see influenza all year round, and so um, we have like really extremely low influenza activity now on the island. Um, it was, it was high in March. Um, we were seeing both A and B influenza in March. And then since then, and with the stay at home orders, uh, our influenza counts have gone way down and we're just not, um, really seeing sick people, which is, which is wonderful. I mean, even, even people with sniffles, we're just, the number of people that are sick has gone way down. Um, you know, I'm very fortunate with the uh, health center that I work for. We're a community health center. And um, we've had very good support from the state, and we've been able to have an outdoor uh, testing tent that runs six days a week. And it's been since March that we've done it. We, we, did, we were one of the very first testing sites on our island. And um, we were packed. You know, when I worked it in March, we would see, you know, 25 people a day. And now there's days that we're only seeing six or seven. So it's, it's really gone down a lot. And that, that, it does make sense. I mean, you know, when I was, when, when we're, I'm doing bike ed and stuff. Oh yeah. I mean, I would catch the flu, you know, last couple of years, you know, just because of the contact with the kids, but now that school is out. Yeah. They're basically with their families and not, unfortunately not interacting with other kids. How are right. you, you are, yeah. are your kids adjusting to that? Have they managed to, I mean, you have enough, no offense, you have enough kids that they can interact yeah. with themselves yeah, exactly well i think it, it's it's very challenging on on everybody but i think teenagers it's it's a pretty hard situation because if most of us we think back when we we're teenagers you know our parents didn't know anything and we definitely didn't want to hang out with our parents all the time so your your friends are are 100 your social network that you would prefer um and i think just if you're depending on if you're an extrovert or an introvert, then that kind of factors in. So two of my sons are are doing 
they're pretty comfortable with it. They, you know, they exercise, they, they don't mind doing online school there. That's been good. And then um, my other son, he's definitely more extroverted and his social circle um, is very important to him. And so it's, it's, it's been challenging. Um, I've never really liked how much uh, technology there is with kids today, but now I find myself saying to them, you know, it's okay, you know, go ahead. <laughs> you know, so luckily they have that. I mean, if I think about if this would have happened when I was a teenager, I, I wouldn't have had any way to connect with my friends. So yeah, yeah, I think you know, we're fortunate in that way. I mean, I had, uh, I was in a relationship where uh, her son was a real tech person. He ended up actually going into the military, into uh, military intelligence, smart, smart guy. And um, it, it was, at the time it was like, well, why do you always play uh, a Call of Duty right. now, all the time? And nowadays it's kind of Fortnite is, is yeah. another thing. But uh, yeah, I'm still, I'm still kind of up in the air about that. I think too much, well, too much of anything is probably bad. Right. right. But it, they are technologically more geared anyway. Yes. I get, I get a little, um, I don't know. I look at it when that, back when we were all out together and hanging out. Uh, yes. You know, at the races, people would be talking to each other, talking during, after, and before, and everything. When you're in a different social setting, like a restaurant or any place else, people are, People are doing this. They're I know. looking at their phone and it's like, yeah. no, look at me. I think people, and, that, and that's part of the reason I want to do these uh, little Zoom thingies because, uh, I mean, people on the island, are. you guys are some of the best athletes I know. I think some of the best athletes in the world. We get spoiled. We can train we year round. Yes. <laughs> and I think it's important that our stories get out and stuff and i think it's been great to uh you know experience and find out more about people and what they're doing particularly right. now and stuff yes and uh that, that's that's my motivation ronnie asked me that in the interview well why are you doing that? it's like i wish we had this technology 20 years ago right to tell the stories that we had here on the island 20 years ago right and so right. that's hopefully it's a good aspect of technology but yes yeah you're right i couldn't imagine i mean i feel i feel a lot of empathy now for the kids who graduated yes yep yeah you know. yeah my nephew is graduating um high school and it, it's been very difficult for him uh, not to have those normal milestones and in, in the celebrations and so it, it's challenging and, and I think it'll, people have speculated, well, is there going to be like uh, sometimes here when we had the uh, earthquake back in 2006, you know, the birth rate goes up. Yes. People are, you know, dealing with that. But people have speculated that that probably won't happen now because there is no particular end date. Yes. Yep. Yep, for sure. Yeah. Yep. Have you, uh, I, I'm guessing that you still are treating a lot of um, women that are expecting babies still? Yeah, we, um, yeah, that's, that's been kind of difficult. And what, what's happened for me is I'm a family practice doctor. I'm a generalist and our clinic luckily has been able to stay open. 
um, because we separate so much and we use our external tent for anyone that has any kind of symptom, um, they're not brought into our clinic. So then we've been one of the only clinics that's been actually seeing patients. So then sometimes we're, we're seeing pregnant women and doing some other things that we normally would have um, the specialists do, but, um, but we're following them in our office and, and seeing babies and, and doing those kind of things. And that's, that's kind of what I miss is I, I miss seeing the cakeys and stuff and, yes. you know, and everything. I get to see dogs now. At least I get you know, <laughs> on where I run and stuff. I get to see dogs. And you have a dog below you somewhere? I do. Yeah, he's, he's sleeping on his beanbag. <laughs> oh, we, we I think I wore him out. <laughs> we won't disturb him. You know, yeah. Thank you for taking him for a walk. Yes. <laughs> So did you have it, it doesn't sound like you were signed up for any of the races this year outside of Honolulu? Um, yeah, the biggest thing that, you know, we've all had disappointments, but the biggest thing that um, probably for me that I'm not able to do was the um, Hapalua. I had actually, um, through Brie Brown, you know, how she gets gets people into things, <laughs> she had convinced me um to start doing track workouts with her and um i had uh, qualified for the team hawaii um and so i was going to be in the chase so uh That's that was so my focus through the first part of the year was to try to get um some of my track speed back and i got enough back that i was able to make the team okay so, can you maybe explain that to people that don't know about hapalua and that the qualifying and stuff yeah, so I'm I'm new um, to this to this whole thing, but it, it's awesome. It's this uh, half marathon that's on Oahu, and uh, they invite elite runners who are usually Kenyan runners, um, and they'll usually be between two and three, uh, two to four, probably uh, elite or professional runners, and then they uh, form a team from Hawaii, which is um, I'm not sure how many runners that Jonathan usually has it's usually around probably 12 to 15 runners uh, from Hawaii and uh, from the different islands uh, you he'll um, select from depending on you have to make time so you have to be uh, fast enough for a certain time um, so if there's a year it could be that everybody's from Oahu but he does try to represent the different islands if he can. Um, and then uh, what he does, he's very good um, at uh, determining, looking at your times, uh, looking at your recent times, and then he staggers you uh, and you start before the, before the big mass start of the uh, half marathon and you get to start. Uh, and then depending on your time, you'll start anywhere from like five minutes to 10 minutes in front of the Kenyans and you see how far you can run uh, and get to the finish line before they catch you. And so his whole goal is to have, you know, like 12 of us in the last 200 meters all running and then these Kenyans running up, you know, behind us is, is kind of, you know, what, what the finish looks like if he gets it right with, uh, with what their times are and where they're at and where the local runners are. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. I, I, I yeah. mean, I knew some of that, but I didn't know the details and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> had you had uh, had you had any any other races later in the year and stuff that you had signed up for or looking towards? Um, well, I want to yeah Honolulu, and then um, there is a big race in Michigan that I've done a lot, and it's um, the Crim Festival of Races. 
it's a 10 mile race. Uh, initially it was a 10 mile race. They've done it since 1978. Um, it's downtown Flint. Uh, you get to run on the bricks. Um, it's no, really oh, wait, what's awesome the bricks? Race. What's the bricks? So, um, so when Flint was built, um, they wanted to have something kind of special in their downtown area. Um, so the most, the busiest main street, you would call it, um, they decided to line it with bricks. Uh, the, the actual road is made of bricks. <laughs> oh, okay. So okay. It's, it's really cool because you come down the finish line, you know, downtown Flint. It's like the best day of the year, I think, for the city. Everybody comes out to support it. Um, it's grown in years. It's associated with the Special Olympics. Um, they have a, a Special Olympics event the night before the race. Um, oh. They bring Kenyans into the to the race. Uh, it's and then one year it was the um, the U.S. Uh, Road Nationals for the ten mile run. So um, it, they've had some uh, very elite runners there in the past. And uh, what time of the year is it? It's August. Um, it's always the fourth Saturday in August. Um, so it's kind of up in the air. Um, they sent out a survey just a couple of days ago um, to, to ask runners, you know, how likely are you to run the event? What, what types of things would make you run or not make you run? Just, I think, to try to get a feel. It, um, it's a big event. It's usually 10,000 people. So it's, it's a pretty big event. Oh, that's great that they involve Special Olympics, too. I think yes. that's great. Yep, yep, yep. Big shout out to uh, uh, Denise Lindsay here on the Big Island, who works Special Olympics all the time. Yes, yep. Anything you're thinking about for next year, as far as racing goes? Well, I'd like to get back into marathons and longer races is, was kind of my goal. Um, my plan was to do my speed for the first um, part of the year and then, and then do endurance the last um, part of the year. Um, my kind of couple year goal is to get back to Boston and, and be competitive because I'm getting, I'm getting close to a, like a big age group because I'm, I'm going to be 50. <laughs> so, oh, you're lying about your age. Uh, yes. <laughs> so... So it's, it's still a few years away, but I want to go back in 2023 to Boston is my Boston goal date. So, um, so I, I want to get back in competitive shape for that. Well, that's, I think, I, I think you, you'll probably do it. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't see, you know, as long as that Adam guy doesn't hold you back too much. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Laura. I appreciate your time. And, uh, you know, I, I love you guys. I, I miss you guys. I know. We miss you, Joe. We miss you a lot. They, the boys miss Uncle Joe. Yeah. And, and you know, hopefully, you know, everything is day to day, you know, week to week and stuff. And we can't really... Yeah. I think the best thing about being uh, maybe an endurance athlete or, uh, you know, an athlete is that the one thing that you appreciate a lot is being able to adjust. Yes. Yes. And I, th I think you guys have obviously adjusted to having the kids at home, uh, training and being full-time physicians. I mean, yeah. if ever there are people that we should just, Thank you, Mahalo Nui Loa, too. Um, certainly is, is, are you guys. I mean, um, is there any message that you want to send out to anybody, you know, or any, anything that you want to promote? I mean, besides, let's promote West Hawaii Community Health Center. Yes. Yeah. I'm very grateful for my 
employer's dedication to the community. We've always been community focused and um, we continue to be and, and we're open and we're supporting the community and we're not going anywhere. Um, I would say just in general for people to, um, to stay strong, to, to find out, figure out the things that make you really happy. And I think we're still able to find that happiness in this kind of, you know, uncertain time and, you know, whatever that, you know, it's for us in endurance sports, it's our, it's our sport. And I think modifying it and, and just taking a moment to, to, um, to appreciate what, what we have is really important during these times. Okay. Happy Mother Day. Happy Mother's Day. Mahalo yeah. Nui Loa. Well, thank you so much for inviting me to do this. It's great to talk to you, talk story. <laughs> Mahalo Nui Loa to Dr. Laura Ankrum for uh, uh, having this little story. There is so much about her that I never realized. Uh, Olympic qualifier in, in the year 2000. Uh, our Olympic trials qualifier in the year 2000. I, uh, once again, it's just amazing the people we have here in Hawaii, and this is what I want to do. I want to talk story with the people and find out what they have done, what they have accomplished, and what they're going to accomplish, too, in the future. So again, if you want to support the show, you can subscribe on YouTube. If you just search for Big Island Hawaii Ultra, you'll find us. Or you can go to the website, which is hawaiiultra.com.com. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher as far as the audio version goes. And you can always email me at joe at joefireball.com. So I hope everybody, uh, a big shout out to uh, uh, on Mother's Day. Make sure that you take care of your everybody's mothers gets get taken care of. And... Uh, I hope everybody's staying active. I hope you're staying responsible and uh, just living a full life as you as we can nowadays, even though we have certain restrictions right now. So, aloha.